Hello there, and thank you for joining us on HearthCast, episode number 224 for Patch 5.4. Our topic for this episode is how wrong they all were. And now, from the excellence in podcast studios, it's time for another episode of HearthCast. This is Root, and I play a Goblin Warlock. And this is Freckleface, and I play a Goblin Hunter. We are a podcast covering the World of Warcraft universe. Coming up in episode number 224 of HearthCast, Dead Guy stops by to give us his impressions of the Alpha, how to get a free tour of Blizzard, and stay tuned after the show for another Aspect of the Daddy. So rude. Hey, freckle face. <laughs> What's going on with you? You totally caught me off guard. I know. <laughs> Good I know. I was about to go, so <laughs> Man, I'll tell you what. It's been a fun week. It has been a pretty fun week. Um, now, a couple weeks ago, we had Demonic Rick on, and he was telling us about this VEM that replaces DBM. Sure. It's actually DBM enhanced. They actually use DBM. So I was like, you know, I'll give it a shot. I'll try it. I like it. You came back and reported last week that you saw these green orbs and ordos. And I was like, yeah, whatever. She's talking about those normal little range finder things that pop up. And you weren't. I was not, no. You were not. No. I, I experienced those, and those are cool. They are. Because it pops up like a HUD display, heads-up yes. display. And you see where you are and where everybody else is. And if they're close to you, they're green, or red, rather. And if they're far enough away that you're not going to be affected, they're green. Right. If they if they have the debuff on them, it's going to make them explode and hurt everyone around them. Right. Right. And they have a countdown timer on it. Oh. That counts down. It's like a clock. So if we, you know, it's not it's it's a clock hand. And if that clock hand goes all the way around, uh-huh. you're out of time. And that was neat today when I saw it pop up, and it's I was like, impressive, oh. right? I was like, look at that. Well, here's the thing, okay. When it first popped up, I was like, that's what she was talking, oh, I should move, you know? <laughs> I was all worried about it. I was like, oh, that's so cool, and I forgot. But it did, I did not die. I did not get hurt. That's awesome. And, and we warlocks, we kind of, I don't want to say cheat. Okay. But we have an advantage. See, if we put our little our little portals down, our personal demonic portals, not those ones you go across from, it's the ones that we can just zap ourselves back to. Right. When I get shot into the air... As I'm falling back down, if I hit my button to go back to my little portal place, boom, I take no damage. No fall damage. So that was actually kind of cool seeing it. And while I was up there doing Ordos in this group of 40 people, I dropped my hitching post for the first time. Talking about the Warforged horse thing. One guy first like, where'd you get that horse? And I dropped dropped the the, the post, the the, the hitching post. And it was kind of cool. Like... I wouldn't say like 40 out of 40 people got it, but enough people got it that it was impressive. And I forgot to screenshot it. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure I'll have more opportunities to, to do that. Sure. It was just really neat seeing everybody. Of course, everybody's hitting their space bar and having the horse do a little pirouette, whatever he does. It was all right. So I did it again in Celestials later on, and I was like, that's pretty cool. And I didn't screenshot it then either. I just wasn't thinking about screenshot. I was thinking about how cool it looked that everybody was jumping on those and so that was kind of cool. Hey, um, I got my shoes shined 
In Dalaran. In Dalaran? Yeah. So if you go into Dalaran, <laughs> this is this is crazy. All right, I found this WoW subreddit. It's called um, Hidden WoW. So if you go to hiddenwow.reddit.com, people take you like these little tours or screenshots or videos of places that are off the beaten path in the world of Warcraft. Oh. One of those uh, happened to be the place where you go get your shoe shine in Dalaran. I was like, no way. So that was the one I chose to verify the validity of this subreddit. And man, so if you go to Dalaran and you go to like the toys, I guess it's a toy store. It's got a toy train that goes in it from up top. Yeah, Geppetto. I guess so. If you go in, if you're flying up top on a balcony and you walk straight ahead, there's a wooden chair. And if you hover over the chair, it says on like shining chair. And you just sit down in the chair and a little dude comes up and goes, oh, and calls your class name. Hey, Warlock, would you like your shoe shine? And he shines your shoes and you get a buff that says my shoes are shiny or something like that for an hour and your shoes sparkle oh neat so yeah you run around and get a little trail of sparkles it's not a huge trail it's like one or two little you know yeah but it's enough to make Subtle. you yeah a little little pip in your step there now did he charge you no did you tip him no how rude i ain't well <laughs> just saying <laughs> i Guys you know eat somehow i would have tipped had i gotten an achievement but oh. i got no achievement so i ain't get no Fair tip enough. you know <laughs> So that was kind of cool. Uh, I am running the 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 holiday boss. I don't I don't know if I have the pet or not. Probably probably don't have the pet, and I don't think I have the weapon. So I'm going for those. Okay. Just drop some cool staff. I th- I don't might have had it at one point in time. I don't know, but I'll go for it again. It doesn't take long. It takes long to get to super boss and does kill the boss. See, I haven't been queuing for it because. It was about 25-minute queue, and you can't queue for that and sign up for an order of Celestial at the same time. That annoyed me. Yes. That 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 did annoy it, me. Is that you're queued for too many instances? I'm only queued for two. That's not too many. That's nope. just two. Right. <laughs> you know? I think it has something to do with the mechanics of Holiday Boss and you know, the, the, other the, raid. the other raid. Yeah, because, I mean, you can sign up for multiple wings of uh, Raid Finder. Yes. But apparently you can't do a holiday boss in this. That's just no. Forbidden. <laughs> just no. <laughs> <laughs> that, I had that experience and it did annoy me. Um, so, But, you know, my queues weren't that long. Our realms merged. That's true. So I have not noticed a big influx of people. But then again, my playtime has been weird this uh-huh. week. It's been in the early morning hours. And apparently there's another guild of the same name on the realm we got connected with. Oh, how'd that? So now you're doing your guild just, name Dash. Exactly. Dash server, server name. Whoa. Yeah. That's trippy. Right? <laughs> I haven't run, it, run into anybody with my name yet, so. It's been overdue, though. Yeah. I, I'm keeping an eye on the auction house for sure. To see if you can have any kind of crazy fluctuations in there. But what about you? What have you been doing this week? Um, I've been playing Hearthstone a lot. Um, I haven't gotten any progress in ranked. I just I win a little bit and then I lose a lot. Then I win a little bit and then I lose a lot more. And uh, yeah, you told me the other day you lost good. like six games in a row. Yeah, it just it's I don't know. I talked to. Um, our mutual friend who's really good at Hearthstone. Our he mutual he's, friend. <laughs> he's uh, rank five right now. What? And uh, 
He's like, oh, Paladin, they're not that great at ranked. I think they give him time at work to play. He plays during work. And I think it's like, go play Hearthstone. I think no, they, I, think it, I think it's one of those like coding things where he coding. just sets something <laughs> I'm compiling, so I might as well play a game of Hearthstone while I wait for it to compile. Isn't that how that works? Used to. Used to. Yeah, it's old school now. Oh, I don't know then. Yeah. I think they actually give them time. Like, okay, from 10 to 10, 15, you must play Hearthstone. It's possible. It's possible. So he was telling me, Paladin might not be the way to go if I want to get up there and ranked. So I might play around with some other decks, but it's kind of late in the month now. So I don't know. How many uh, Legendaries Crazy Packs has he bought? I think he only bought the $50 worth in the beginning. That's legit. That's okay. I can see you doing that. But he was like, oh, it's about as much as I'd spend on a a game if he were to buy it. Right. But in WoW, I have been... um, I jumped on my Worgen Druid. She's like level 48 now. Um, I finished up the Badlands achievement for Loremaster. Now, here's the thing. I've been in Badlands since Kata a lot. I've done that Day the Deathwing came quest series about three times. Now it gets old. But I've never actually finished the main storyline. The main storyline is you helping out a red dragon in disguise as a goblin to help her save a black dragon egg from being corrupted. Ooh. Which, as we know, turns out to be Raytheon. Yes. Now, ironically, I was doing this at the same time I had this buff, Gaze of the Black Prince. Mm, continuity issues are yeah, always weird. Yeah, just like, <laughs> he, I'm how, he not He's born, watching you. What? But he's watching you, but he's not born yet. It's very confusing. I'm going to watch you protect me from being corrupted in the past. <laughs> but the storyline, I never uh, finished all the way through. And it was it was a quite good storyline. Um, a little bit emotional at the end. And I got a trinket that tied into this storyline. It was really neat. And now I'm going to save that trinket. Oh, all right. Because I'm hoping that, that they turn some of the trinkets into items that you can just use. Yeah, a lot of people wanting that. Yeah. And I'm hoping they'll take it a step further and put it in the toy box. That would be the better thing, I think. Yeah. That would make me happy. I tried to test out the toy box in an Alpha. I didn't get that far. Yeah, I'm not having good good success no. even getting locked in an no, Alpha. No, yeah. It took me a few days to get in in the first place. And uh, I got in and finally played for a few minutes before it crashed. And then I gave up for the day. The next day and the day after is... All offline. Right. They took it offline for a while. Yeah. I got in. I had to create a new character because I couldn't transfer my characters. I'm like, yeah. Now, I will say that I'm very impressed with the gnome hair. Okay. (laughs) It looks soft and bouncy like I want to run my fingers through it. All right. Just saying. Just saying. It looks way better than the hair does now. Well, yeah. Right now, the hair is kind of like blobs. It actually looks like textured soft hair hmm. I don't know it got to me right, well, except that, all the faces look the same but I don't know if they're just like testing out the new faces or they're because that was kind of odd because the humans didn't look any different I don't think the human texture has been released yet okay so I feel like they've only released a couple of the gnome faces they're working on the hands on the humans right now oh okay that's going to take a while really that's yeah, a big issue oh big because their hands Never mind. Yeah, their hands are weird. Wow. Yeah, tough crowd. So I was thinking uh, this morning. It's dangerous. I know, right? So yeah. you know how uh, Rathion is there on the Timeless Isle? 
Yes. Who's he talking to all the time? What do you mean? Who's he talking to? Uh, he's just kind of standing there like all quest givers. No, no, no. He's talking to somebody at the table. He's talking to them at the table. Yeah, you turn in epoch stones into the guy. To K-Roz? Yeah, so he's talking to K-Roz. Okay. On the Timeless Isle. Okay. So they had a lot of time, since the Timeless Isle is timeless, to work out their little plan together. Or did they? <laughs> How does time even work there? I don't know. But you would think they had a lot of time to talk about it. Right. I was just thinking about that. When that was this random thought, I'm like, man, they've been here a while on the Timeless Isle. Ah, I see. They could have had eons to talk about this plan of theirs. With the trial. Yeah. True. Yeah. So. Very true. Spoiler. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that, that, just, you know, food for thought there that, you know, he is there. So it's cool. We have some email here. This first one is from Rasputin, a level 90 human windwalker monk. He says, hey, you two. First off, I want to say I love Hearthcast. Your shows are always entertaining and not a carbon copy of what some people consider newsworthy information. I'm 58 years old and have been playing the Warcraft line since the 1994 smash hit Orcs and Humans. Like the two of you, my game time centers around Blizzard with WoW, Hearthstone, Heroes of the Storm, and Diablo. Freckleface, I'm seeking your expert advice on how to get my wife interested in playing some or all of these games with me. I'm retiring in two years and will have a whole lot more time on my hands to spend with her. She does enjoy playing computer games, but mostly just the ones you find on Facebook. Any ideas you have are welcomed. So let's take his first question first, Freck. How do you help him out there? Well, the way I was dragged into it was as a favor, in a way. It was Christmas, and it was like, okay, he'd been asking me for so long. My husband had been. I said, okay, Christmas present for you this year. I will play World of Warcraft. And then the game just sucked me in. So how do you get someone in there who doesn't want to play or just doesn't seem to be interested uh, you kind of have to look at what makes that person motivated in general, which, you know, Rasputin, you're going to know what makes your wife tick more than I do. But generally in relationships, you can you can do a bribe, you know, or some sort of exchange. If you find out what she's interested in, you can say, hey, I'll, I will try this activity with you for a while. Go ballroom dancing, something like that, if you play well with me for a while. So you suggest he bargains his way in. Sure. Ballroom dancing. I did that with my wife. Right. And got, um, I don't think we bargained anything. It's just, my story's funny on that. Okay. <laughs> uh, so a buddy of mine asked me, he came up with his wife, and he's like, hey, uh, you wouldn't be interested in doing some, you know, taking some ballroom dancing classes with us, would you? And I was like, sure, okay. Well, apparently... He really thought I would say no, and that was the only reason he asked me, because he'd set up this deal with his wife saying, I'll only go ballroom dancing with you if Root goes ballroom dancing. And so, it backfired. It backfired, because I was like, sure, okay. <laughs> Why not? Sounds like fun. But I like your approach. I like this whole bargain. Find bargain it, yeah. to get her to try it. Um, Do some chores. Yeah, Exactly. 
And as far as like getting her to stay, you know, what does she like about those Facebook games? What type are they? There are a lot of different kinds out there. I'm thinking a lot of Facebook games have that social aspect in it. Right. So maybe get her into a guild, maybe your guild of social, or get her into a social guild, or start new. Here's, here's what I would do, personally. I know you asked Frack. Uh-huh. But don't bring her in and, and to play, you know, with your max level character, whatever your character is. Like, if you've got a, I don't know, 85 druid, don't jump on that tune and help her level. Jump, you know, create a level so one. Yeah, create a yeah. level one with her or boost her to 90. I don't know. You know, get her at your level as soon as possible. In other words, both your characters should be the same level. And you should enjoy that experience together. Not, uh, don't, don't bring her, in other words, don't bring her into play with you. Play the game together with her. Does that make sense? Right. That makes sense. Yeah. That's what I would do. I failed at it. My, my wife has no interest in playing WoW. Yeah. None. None. But she, she logged on. She has logged on. Yeah. Yes. And flew around. Flew around. Ironforge. Yes. But see, Ironforge is very dark and there's fire everywhere. Well, she went outside too. Oh, okay. But Played in the snow. Yeah, but no interest. Because she didn't know what she was doing. Uh-huh. Because technically she wasn't playing with me. Right. She was on my tune flying around. Flying so around. she did not experience World of Warcraft. She experienced flying around in Azeroth. So, in, in Dunmuro, for example, <laughs> at that, so. Now, he has a question for you. He says, Root, how on earth did you get your wife to have dinner ready for you on Patch Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> You've been bragging about having I've been, your family yeah, trained. I do bra- yeah, I do brag about Well, there, there's a little bit of a secret to this. Okay. The secret kind of is that we pre-plan our meals. So we have a website that we go to that... that has our menu choices. We choose what we want. It gives us our shopping list. We go to the, the shopping center. We buy our stuff. So we know ahead of time, usually by one week, what each meal is per day. And a lot of times it's like crockpot stuff. It's really good. It's healthy, everything else. Right. But a lot of times, you know, she gets home before I do. And by the time I roll home, it's not that she has dinner prepared for me. It's that everybody else ate, and my plate is waiting on me. (laughs) I might glamorize that a little bit for the show. (laughs) (laughs) You you know, there might have been one or two nights when I came home, she said, your dinner's in the microwave. Uh (laughs) Maybe one or two of those in there. (laughs) Which is better than saying, oh, your dinner was at Burger King. Ooh, yeah, you missed it on the way home? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you didn't pick anything up? But there honestly have been nights where I have come in and she says, I have prepared dinner for you. Go sit in the computer room. I will bring it to you. Those nights have happened. And I think that's just her being sweet. She's a very sweet person. Uh, But, uh, you know, most, I would say most of the time, it's either I get home right as they're finishing dinner or they're right. So it's not like I'm missing dinner with the family, but I. Am, but it's not like I'm, it's not like the family's eating dinner and I'm like, I'm not going to eat dinner with you guys. I'm going to go in here. That's not happening. Okay. What's usually happening is they've already completed the meal because I'm late getting home from work and I come in and I'm just like either fix myself a plate or she has a plate prepared and I just, you know. And the reason she has a plate prepared is because she's trying to put away all the other food. 
know, leftovers, <laughs> and I would just be slowing her down by keeping the stuff out there. Oh, so. okay. I see. So, yeah. But still, there have been at least one or two nights where I prepared your meal and it is waiting for you. Oh, this is great. <laughs> Rasputin, thank you so much for that email. Good luck uh, with your wife. Let us know what's going on. Um, yeah, I mean, involve her, I think is what Freckle Face, even if you had to do the bargaining thing or whatever, make sure she is involved with it. You know, don't just get her to create a character and then, you know, okay, I'll see you when you're when you're 90. Don't, don't, don't do that. that. That won't work at all. We have another email here, Freck, from Scaresome, and it's kind of a confusing email to me. It just says, I hope Hearthcast is going to continue. Well? Yeah. It is. Sorry? No. (laughs) (laughs) I'm thinking this might stem from our kind of subtle announcement about shifting the, the show topic or content a little bit away from just World of Warcraft to the World of Warcraft universe. Right. We have no plans on Hearthcast going anywhere, except up and up and up and up. And not even fundamentally changing. It's just that Blizzard itself has changed. And we want to adapt to that. And we want to be able to talk about things during uh, dry spells. Right, right now we're in a really bad dry spell. As far as content-wise. For World of Warcraft. But there's lots of other stuff going on with uh, Hearthstone and the Alpha for Warlords and... Here's the storm and stuff like that that are all Warcraft related. And you want to talk about that. We want to talk about the books and don't want to necessarily keep it specific to that the game itself when there's not always stuff to talk about. Right. One of the things that I think we've always done here on our show is not uh, limit ourselves. And one of the reasons we don't limit ourselves like for our content, we don't cover news because two reasons. Number one, there are plenty of other shows that do it a gazillion times better than we do. And number two, I don't want everybody to be sitting here scratching my head going, well, there's no news this week, so let's talk about Star Wars or anything else right. that's not Something related. Yeah. So that is our little, it's not, it's not a way to get away from that. But it's a way to enrich our show and to enrich the content that we bring to you and enrich, you know, just bring everything. Because from what we can tell, based uh, primarily on our, our meetup group that we go to, the majority of people who are coming to that meetup group play other Blizzard titles. They play Hearthstone. They bring their iPads with them. We have Hearthstone tournaments when we go to our meetups. They talk about alphas. They talk about Heroes of the Storm. So if this little niche, you know, cross section of the community is any any indication of what everybody else does, then we're we're still good. So scare some, fret not, my friend. We will be here for a long, long time. Ten things people got wrong about Mr. Pandaria. When Blizzard first announced the Mr. Pandaria and pandas in general, people went a little bonkers. A lot of naysayers came out. Blizzard had a lot, a lot of negative press. To the point where Blizzard actually acknowledged the negative press and kind of brushed it aside and said, you know, we understand that there's negative press out there, but we strongly feel that when people get a chance to play this game, that will go away. So I went back and I looked at 
50 or so blog entries, news reports, press releases, uh, articles that were written from various sources. And I kind of came up with the top 10 things that people were saying about the Mist of Pandaria prior to its launch. So here are some of the things people had to say. It started out as a joke. Yeah, so Sam Wise had a little April Fool's joke with a cartoon picture of some pandas way back in the day. And uh, you know what? People liked it. Right. But it was a joke. And so there's yeah. no way this could be real. Too silly. Because it was a joke. It was a Kung Fu Panda ripoff. You saw a Kung Fu Panda, right? I did. Hilarious movie. Hilarious. It made a million dollars in the bar or something. A lot of money. So why not ride that coattail, Jack Black? Sure. Come in with Poe. Everybody's going to be named Poe. And you have a Kung Fu fighting panda. That's It's just Blizzard riding coattails. That's all they're doing. Blizzard was trying to target a younger audience. I mean, clearly, did you see all the kids wearing all the Kung Fu Panda gear, carrying the Kung Fu Panda lunchboxes? Yeah. They were all about Kung Fu Panda. And when you think about it, the older your demographic is getting, man, the, you know, they're going to outgrow the game. So you better start marketing that younger audience and getting them hooked early. So they're really just going after the kids. They're wanting to capitalize on the Chinese market. See, now, here's the thing. There are a lot of people playing in China, a lot of gold farmers in China, right. a lot of, and they can't even have skeletons in the game in China. Right. So you might as well just, you know, have something that they'll they'll appeal to, like pandas and Chinese stuff all over the place. And the cutesy. Pagodas and whatnot. Yeah, give them their environment. They can't ban that because then they'd be banning their own, their own culture. So why not cater to the Chinese market? That way you get more people in that demographic playing. Makes sense to me. The whole concept is just silly. Talking pandas? I mean, come on. Going to China, how's that work with Azeroth? There's no China in Azeroth. Floating turtle? I mean, surely this is a joke, right? They have low sales and outdated technology, and they're just kicking a dead horse by continuing to release expansions for this game. So the bottom line is, Blizzard did not have any amount of time to redesign any of the technology they're giving us. So they had enough time just to, you know, add more quests and maybe some more skins and maybe some more textures. But that's about it. They could not redesign the underlying game, but they still need to make money. They have to, you know, keep feeding this cash cow. So this is what we got. This is the expansion we got. Just a rehash of old content. They're erasing every trace that there was once a difference between Horde and Alliance. A race that can choose what faction it wants to be in? Come on. So I can be, I'm like neutral until like what, level 20 or whatever it was? And then I can just pick? And there be, my panda's going to be in Horde and Alliance? That's just another step to getting rid of the whole faction system. They're killing the game. Nobody will play a panda. A direct quote here. Any player with a hint of self-respect will not play a panda because they're dumb, stupid, fat creatures. Nobody will play a panda except stereotypical people who will roleplay them as samurai ninjas. And we are going to be so sick of that level of roleplay. I mean, come on. Is it? Can it get any more cliche? A Chinese-speaking panda who's eating stuff. Come on. It's just, everybody's just going to do the same thing over and over again. So cliche, it's going to destroy the game. Nobody will play a panda except furries. Well, that's just an untapped demographic, you see. 
you got these people over here that like to dress up. You know, they you know, in these little furry guys, these little costumes, like they they're cats, they're dogs, they're there's some pandas. If we let them play pandas, then they'll buy our game so they can role play as their panda furry character and then they can do you know, live out their adventurous life. So this is definitely an untapped demographic that we should definitely capitalize on. So that's what everybody was saying for the most part. Now the reality is some of the best ideas in the world start off as jokes or other pieces of creative work. Once an idea gets written down on a napkin or people are laughing, they go, you know what, this would be kind of a cool idea. The next step for that is to go to focus groups. And if the focus groups agree, like, hey, you know what, you might have something here. That panda thing, and there might be something there too that now you investigate that. And that's what led to it. The lore of it all is once this happened way back in like Warcraft 2, I think it was, or 3, prior to World of Warcraft anyhow, they get brought into the lore. So all these people are saying that they're just ripping off Kung Fu Panda. <laughs> Sorry. There is vast amounts of evidence that that uh, Pandarian race existed far before of Kung Fu Panda. Now, there might be a little bit of a dispute on how the original concept art differed from the end concept art, what actually got put in the game. But I challenge anybody to go back and find original artwork of, I don't know, Thrall or the Lich King or anybody else and see how that progressed and changed over time. There is always going to be a difference. Now, the demographics show that the median age of WoW players is rising. There have been reports of uh, people coming out now in uh, political careers, judges and politicians, who their opponents go, oh, you played WoW or you still play WoW. So they're trying to use that as a negative, which is backfiring, by the way. There are business people who play WoW. There are executives who play WoW. There are congressmen, celebrities, NBA players, the whole nine yards. Yeah, the demographic age is rising, and the reason that is rising is because of the longevity of the game. Sure. And anecdotally, I personally have noticed you're a lot more likely to hear someone say, BRB, baby aggro. Rather than PRB mom aggro. <laughs> have you noticed that? <laughs> I have not, but I, I would not doubt that. I don't know how many times it's been done to this. be like, baby's crying. Yeah, baby. Yeah. 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 Gotta, gotta, gotta feed a cat. No, gotta feed a baby. Gotta feed a baby. Or the cat. Or both. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, while Pandaria was a nice nod to the Chinese culture, it just fit in. Uh, with the lore that was already established with the Pandarans, that came a long time ago. I mean, bottom line is, if you go to a zoo today to go see a panda in a zoo, guess what, folks? You're going to have a Chinese atmosphere around you because that's where they're from. So there is a direct tie into that. If you go back and you look at uh, Worgens, there's a direct tie into the 19th century English motif, which is the heyday of werewolves. True. So, same things there. That's, I mean, they're not they're not deviating from any kind of course there, uh, as Blizzard is concerned. Of course, there's a big list of stuff we can do of uh, stereotypes or influences that different races or creatures oh, tend, tend you, to be based off of. You were work, you've been working on that for a while. Yeah. We'll have to do that content someday. 
But you've been working on a long list of the stereotypes in WoW. There's a lot of them. There are a lot of them. And as for WoW being a silly game, that ain't nothing new. Gnomes in space. Yeah. Yeah. It's there. We went to uh, Outlands right. with gnomes. Right. Um, poop quests. Ton of poop quests. Can't get much sillier than that. So, yeah, that's nothing. Blizzard has always been tongue-in-cheek with the World of Warcraft. Now, Blizzard's game engine has been streamlined to allow for patch updates to the engine itself. The technology is fine. Every Tuesday we get updates. Sometimes those updates are short and small. Sometimes those updates are large. We are going to start getting them here soon for Warlords of Draenor that happen behind the scenes. We don't even notice it. They're updating the game engine underneath the hood of the whole game over the internet. So, yeah, while the game is getting 10 plus years old, the technology that is underlining the game is all brand new. So it's not old technology. It's brand new stuff that they're working with. Now, as far as Pandaria changing the storyline of the Horde versus Alliance, uh, Pandaria tested the waters in a lot of different concepts, and the faction choosing played very well into the storyline. Yeah, we just showed up. Both Horde and Alliance showed up fighting on their shores. Right. What would you do? You need to figure out who these people are before you decide if you're going to join a faction or not. So it's not just a matter of, hey, these two people showed up. Uh, Both of these groups look totally different than anybody I've ever seen before in my life. Uh, I think I'm going to go hang out with these guys over here. No. You're going to wait a little while, experience them, get to know them, and then make that decision. Or you can be like the one guy, a double agent, who just deemed at level 90 without joining a faction. He's completely neutral. You could do that. Good luck. As for people not playing pandas, there are pandas everywhere. Everywhere, Freck. They are. (laughs) I don't have the actual number of how many pandas there are in the game, but it is... There's not a group that goes by that, that unless it's maybe a five-man dungeon I do, maybe I won't see a panda in there. But if I'm joining a raid group of any kind, there's a panda. At least one. Floating around. Doing forward diving rolls. Eating. Bouncing around. There's a panda. Running awkwardly. (laughs) (laughs) As far as I'm saying that uh, the the role players are going to role play them as samurai ninjas... You know, role players add an entire different level to this game. If it's not your bag, it's not your bag. If you don't understand what they're doing, you don't understand what they're doing. Don't go to Moonguard. Yeah, don't go to Moonguard. Now, I will say that my limited experience with people playing Pandarian uh, tunes has not been this whole samurai ninja thing. Uh, And very, very, very limited experience that I have. It's been normal. They have a backstory... They started in Pandaria. They went off on this quest over to Azeroth. They've learned about the culture. You know, it's very cool, but it's not this whole Samurai Ninja thing. So I think that is completely misplaced. And furries? Man, Freck, there are uh, Morgan. They're furry. There's Draenei. They're not furry, but they're space goats. True. Uh, There's everything. Here's the thing. like When you look at the furry nation, I don't know what they call themselves. (laughs) It's an escape. It's a persona that they put on. It's a character. That's everybody in the world of Warcraft. Pretty much. 
It doesn't matter if it's a gnome or a goblin or even a human. That is a persona or a character that you put on. So that applies to everybody, which Nix is that idea too. The bottom line of it is this has been one of the most successful, not the best success, but one of the most successful expansions that Blizzard has ever had. They tried some new stuff, more power to them. Some stuff worked, some stuff eh, maybe not so much. But the fact that they tried it and had the gumpture to do that speaks volumes. They've learned a ton of stuff, and they take that into the next expansion, which is going to be even better. I think it's going to be the best expansion yet. There are a lot of stuff coming up in Warlords that the changes are significant enough to classes that really have me looking forward to it, to take a lot of complications out of the game. They progress the storyline better than anybody else ever, in my opinion, in, in the history of MMORPGs. So to the naysayers, the naysayers will always be there, Freck. And I think Blizzard's attitude was absolutely correct. Yeah, they're there. Yes, they're saying stuff. Yes, we hear them. Once they get in the game and once they try the game out, I think they'll change their tune. And I will admit that when I first heard Pandas, I was one of those guys that went, no, that was an April Fool's joke. That's not happening. So as we come in here to the new alpha, I'm sure there's going to be a whole other round of naysayers about how this is going to be the worst thing Blizzard's ever done for the game, how they're going to lose all the subscribers, how they're making a horrible mistake and and taking us back in time and doing all this. But you know what? Like I said, the naysayers are going to be there. Let them get in the game. And let him change your tune. You're listening to HearthCast. In gaming headlines this week. How to get a free tour of Blizzard's headquarters. So Stephen Gillett, who is currently the Symantec's chief operating officer, he actually lists WoW experience on his resume. And this is something for you and I have talked about several times before. Right. Here's proof in the wild that people do it, which is awesome. This guy is the chief operating officer of Symantec. And what he says is he puts his qualifications on his resume when he applies for jobs. Here's my guild. Here's my ranking. Here's my biggest online achievement. Some people look at it and say, what the heck is this? And other people are like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. So going back in time, he's done this for a long time and it paid off. It actually got him a job at Starbucks. 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 And he says he includes his World of Warcraft achievements on his resume, not because it's about the role-playing games, but it's because it shows he exercises leadership in both the physical and virtual realms. Also, he understands the current societal fascination with earning points in interactive entertainment. So this got him a job as a Starbucks CIO, the Chief Information Officer. Now here's the cool part. So he gets this job at Starbucks. On his resume, he's got all this stuff about WoW, right? Right. I got my guild. We're doing this. We're doing that. They're like, okay, you're you're a tech. You're a geek. We get it. Here's your job. You're CIO. Awesome. He gets into Starbucks. Starbucks at this point in time is falling apart. They're not doing good. They have old technology, old cash registers aren't working. Nothing's really even working. Their, their sales are plummeting. And he goes, guys, we need to go to Irvine. I need to take you to Blizzard. So a phone call gets made. Now, if you're Blizzard and you get a call from Starbucks and says, hey, can we get a tour of your place? What do you say? Bring me some coffee and sure. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> I'll take a uh, triple venti caramel macchiato and yes, you may show up. 
So here's the thing. This guy's CIO, CIO of the company, right? He's a blizzard. He's, he's playing World of Warcraft. So you you just got hired as a, as a CIO, right, of a major corporation. How do you leverage that in the gaming world? You call a blizzard and go, guys, 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 hey, um, yeah, I'm CIO over here at Starbucks. Um, you guys like coffee, right? Tell you what, I'll bring some coffee down if you give me two of the facilities. So win-win for everybody, right? He goes down, he brings Starbucks down, he shows Starbucks, hey, this is how people work with technology. This is how you, you know, the gamification of work. And Starbucks goes, looks good to us. Whatever you want to do, you do. They get the tour. They're impressed with the tour. They love the tour. They see the, they see Frostmourne on the wall. They see all this cool stuff. I mean, when you get down to it, Blizzard's making billions with a B of, of dollars from World of Warcraft. Enough so that they can make, I mean, we have little plastic tchotchke in our off, you know, in the studio, you know. Little little uh, Lego stuff on the wall yeah, or Mega yeah. Blocks, I should say. Sorry, sorry, Mega Blocks. Blizzard has stuff made out of, you know, forged steel. <laughs> they have they have real Frostmorns on the wall. So when a company comes in and sees that, they go, okay, if they have money to be, you know, crafting Frostmorns and swords and and they got money, they're doing something right. So let's mimic that. So Stephen comes back to Starbucks. He mimics this technology. He gets people engaged. He does an achievement system with Starbucks where people unlock rewards. <laughs> you know, the whole reward system at Starbucks, the Starbucks reward program, is nothing more than an achievement system from WoW. It is. You know, I do use the reward system, but when you said that they gamified Starbucks, I went, well, how? What did I miss? It's clumsy the way they do it. I'll give you that. If you use their app, you get more points. It's not that. It's the fact that you have a gift card. And then you make an account and you attach a gift card to your credit card. But rather than just being able to pay for a coffee, like let's say your favorite drink costs two fifty every time you go. And you go kind of sporadically, which is what I do. My balance is empty. I want to go again. Can I just... Pay the two fifty and get points for it? No. I have to load up this gift card with ten dollars at minimum before I can spend it and get the points, or else it doesn't count. And it's already attached, it's already just a little option within the app says like reload card, yes, how much? Right. Why can't it just automatically load and pay for the amount I want to spend in that day? Well, I would tell you to talk to Steven, but he doesn't work there anymore. Well, he should have fixed that before he left. <laughs> I'm just saying all right, maybe I'll, I'm digressing a little bit, but it's I'll give you like that it might be with me. <laughs> it might be a clumsy, a clumsy implementation of the technology, but that was technology that is literally borrowed 100 percent from Blizzard. Okay, that idea. Now, what I do like is like an email for a coupon on occasion, and it'll say get half off of a drink, and it'll give you a three digit code. You don't got to print nothing out. All you have to be like order what it is and be like, yeah, I got a coupon code 540. Nice. And they type it in, they scan your card, and you get the coupon. Cool. I do like that. All right. I'm saying, if they really want to gamify it, they need a little bit more work. Agreed. They need to have one of the computers, like Wawa. <laughs> I love going to Wawa and ordering <laughs> coffee, because you sit there and there's pictures, and you pick what you want, and you pick what you want in it, and you can sit there and play around with the different upcharges and things like that until 
you know what you want. As long as there's no one standing behind you. I was like, you. meanwhile, the guy behind you is getting annoyed. Yes. Well, they have multiple stations. That don't matter. He wants to use one you're on. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> well, now check it, all right? All right. I told you Stephen left uh, Starbucks. Okay. He is now with Symantec doing cybersecurity stuff. And he's already trying to introduce gamification into that company. Oh. So he's going to start internally with stuff like uh, games and simulators and a hiring process, which is pretty good because you're going to want people kind of computer savvy, so I get that. And eventually he wants to roll this out into the customer base. So you might be getting some semantic points or achievement points through semantic for doing stuff like reporting threats or possible intrusions or bugs or phishing attempts, anything like that you might get a little bit of a bounty system going on for that. So what he has to say is, I think gamification and the way of thinking about it is applicable to any industry. Right now, we get really good information on malware, what it does, how it acts. But we have no telemetry on the human part of it, what people are doing, thinking, and believing when they encountered that particular threat. So if you give somebody a reward for telling you what they were doing, thinking, or acting, even though it's going to be a little sheepish, like, man, I thought I thought I had something coming from GM, and here's this email from GM, and I thought it was something about my car, so I clicked on it. Silly me, I didn't read it because I believed it because it had their logo. That information becomes valuable to Symantec, so they reward somebody with something. You know, maybe it's an achievement point. Maybe it's an unlocked feature. Maybe it's a... You know, another month of free Norton antivirus or whatever. It's that achievement system that we love and wow. You know, what I say earlier in the show today, I, I didn't tip that guy because he didn't give me an achievement for shining my shoes. Right. Had he given me an achievement for shining my shoes, I might have right. tipped him. Yeah. You know? yeah. It was cool that I got my shoes shine, but I was honestly surprised I did not get an achievement for it. Because I'm I'm accustomed to that. So if I get that with an antivirus piece of software, that'd be kind of cool too. Hey, you reported a bug. Boom. Oh, look at me. I'd True. Show that off to people. But the bigger point in this is not the fact that you're not happy with the way Starbucks has their, their card system. <laughs> it's not yes, the fact sorry. that this guy is now the CIO of, uh, I'm sorry, COO, Chief Operations Officer of um, Symantec it said he got there and I'm going to say primarily but I know it's not primarily mm-hmm. but I'm going to say primarily by yeah. listing World of Warcraft on his resume I'm a big proponent of that yeah so hey I said before I did not hire a guy because he messed up one of the questions and the question was, was based on what faction I said what faction he played? I prefer not to answer that question but I prefer not to hire you stand up you know <laughs> If you play Horde, be Horde. If you play Alliance, be Alliance. If you play both, be both. Give me an answer. Don't so tell not me. not awkward about it? Yeah, it's not an awkward question. What faction do you play, Fred? Both. Okay, that's fine. That's an answer. I prefer not to answer that question. That's not an answer. Anyhow, fact is, this guy slaps one on his resume. This guy's going places. That's the bottom line. So I'm proud of him for doing that, and I'm proud of him for standing up. You know, he's a raid leader. He's a guild leader, and now he's a company leader. 
probably in that I order. I bet he has enough on his resume so that part doesn't really matter, though. No, That's no. That's a problem. No, 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 no. No. So, Nothing okay, else on so there. someone was applying for one of your tech jobs, and they had uh, McDonald's and Starbucks as their experience, and then like, but I play World of Warcraft. Well, I need to know enough. what they do in WoW. <laughs> what they do in WoW. Yeah, saying you play ain't enough for me. <laughs> you know, I will say running a guild and keeping it together and keeping people from like quitting left and right, that takes work. That's HR right and, there. Yeah. So, yeah. That takes people's skills. Absolutely it does. And and organizational skills. Yeah. And if you're a raid leader, now I know you you have commitment skills. And keeping interest in it. It's difficult because as soon as you stop recruiting or slack off a little bit, as soon as people get the sense that nothing's happening, they start dropping. Yeah. Left and right. It requires a lot of leadership skills, a whole plethora of them. So that's what I'm looking for. If you tell me you play well, that's nice. What do you do? Let's get into it. You know, are you just a guy that, that, that shows up every so often and kind of kind of does LFR? Well, yeah. Eh, okay. You know, so that that's a difference. And if I've not communicated, that's my fault. But I'm not look. You know, when I look for stuff on on resumes that, that, and I talk to people, like, you know, what games do you play? I want to know more about their play style versus I play this. You know, the cool ones are the ones that play StarCraft and have a tattoo of StarCraft on of course. them. Yeah, then I'm like, okay, you're down. Dedicated. You're dedicated. You know, you have a StarCraft tattoo. Let's go. <laughs> so, <laughs> You actually find this entire full story of Stephen Gillett, or Gillet, or Gillette, I don't know how to pronounce his name, on, of all places, CNN. Achievement Unlocked. Achievement Unlocked. Let's get some stuff done. Well, Freck, the Alpha has been with us here for a couple weeks, and you and I have got a chance, a little bit of a chance to play it, but Dead Guy has also had a chance to play it, and uh, he's got a very unique uh direction on this thing because he is dead guy he is all-knowing and all-knowledgeable so we're going to bring him in right now to give us his impressions of the alpha dead guy how you doing doing pretty good i got married that's correct congratulations how's that how's that working out for you so far a little annoying not because of her but because an immigration is annoying but that's not here nor there but other than that uh it's been going awesome i love her very much and i love my new stepkids very much so what are your impressions of the alpha so far I mean, it's buggy. It's the alpha, so duh. But it's just funny, you know, interacting with bugs. My favorite bug so far is uh, uh, you can actually ninja loot. Really? Yeah. I, there was a shadow priest that was in the zone with me. We were not in a party. Uh, he tagged a mob. It turned gray. I went up, killed it, looted it, took his loot, and ran away. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, so I totally ninja his loot. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's not good. That's we laugh, but looting. yeah, that is the total definition of ninja looting. Yes, it is. Oh, uh, this is actually for uh, new content. Um, I've noticed that they're replacing some of the quests with just you know bonus objectives, where you enter an area and you uh, where your quest quest log is, you get a new set of bonus objectives without it being like a formalized quest, and you complete it, you get some XP and some gold. Oh, okay. Uh, one of them was totally bugged the heck crap out. I don't know what I did wrong. Uh, I completed it after getting half the objectives done, but like I got the XP and the gold. Uh, but the other objective was still there, and when I completed the other objective, it stayed on my screen, and I didn't get the reward a second time or anything. 
Hmm. So, yeah, that clearly buggy. But the new system is actually kind of cool. Uh, do you remember, uh, have you ever seen quests like, I remember one in Bastyr of killing eels, where you kill an eel and you get a quest? Yes. Uh, it's kind of like that. It's just they're taking away the fact that it's a quest. It's not actually a quest anymore. Right, and from my understanding, what you also do, you can get into an area that says, hey, if you kill 10 of these things in the next five minutes, then you get X reward. Oh, I haven't seen that timer yet. Yeah, the timers are supposed to be a really big part of this NES expansion. And I haven't, I have not seen them yet. I have read about them, and uh, I have not, like I said, I haven't seen them, but uh, they're there, supposedly. That sounds interesting. Yeah, I haven't heard of that. Hmm. Now, I like the time requests. They're, they're not a lot of them than the game. Like, I remember the one, jeez, uh, I don't even remember where it was now, but some guy got sick, and you had to run back and get some potion for him and run back to where he was in, like, three minutes or something. I guess that encourages you, uh, for that one, it just encourages you to go fast. But if it's uh, stuff where it's kill X mobs in a certain amount of time, that rewards you for knowing how to play your class. Because if you're only mediocre, you might not kill things fast enough. That depends mm. on the mob and depends on the time. Yeah, exactly. If there was like hey. kill, kill 20 level 80 mobs in the next 10 minutes, um, yawn, okay. Yeah, AOE taunt 10 of them. <laughs> right. spell, they're all dead. <laughs> Yeah, it AF- could be that. And then AFK for the next eight minutes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it could be that. I but, doubt it, but it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that yet. Uh, another thing I like is uh, one-time rares, where uh, it, they're not really rare because they're always there, but they're rare in that you only ever get to kill them once, and uh, after that, uh, they respawn as a non-rare to you and don't have bonus items. It basically rewards you for exploring and going, OMG, there's a named mob there. Let's kill it. And he's kind of harder than normal. And then he drops extra loot. I like that concept. There are a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years that feel that once they kill something in the game, if it's a named mob especially, that that named mob should no longer be in the game. Yeah. um, The downside to that would be if your friends are trying to kill it, you can't help them kill it. Right. So even even if it's still in the game and just invisible to you, you can't ever help them again. Uh, so that takes that away. I guess that's the main thing there. Also, I saw a really cool event in Frostfire Ridge. It was similar to a rare, but it wasn't killing things. It was an event. Um, thematically, it appeared to be Ogre Magi screwed some stuff up and cast time manipulation magic that went all wrong on a tower. And uh, basically what you do is you have you walk through a separate time manipulation thingy. I don't know the full details. And you move fast through while they're all frozen in time. Awesome. And you pick all their pockets of all the ogres in the building. Did you ever see the movie Over the Hedge? No. Yes. I've heard of it. Is that the one with Dinamite joke? N- uh, maybe, but I don't know. But what I'm thinking of, there's a squirrel that is a that very... Gets coffee. He's a very hyper squirrel. And uh, towards the end of the movie, they actually give him an energy drink, which causes him to move so fast that everybody else around him appears to be moving in slow motion. Right, 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 right. So same concept. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Now I, now I know where you were going with that. Yes, absolutely. Um, actually, some of the, like, the spell, like, right-clicking on them casts a spell. You know how there's a cast bar when you do things. Uh, that actually these spells had names, and one of them kind of creeped me out. It was a uh, ruffling through loincloth <laughs> <laughs> of an ogre. Uh. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> like one of them, one of these events seemed to drop a toy, and I'm really hoping 
that these toys are 100% drop chance the first time you kill the rare, because otherwise you could get permanently screwed out of never getting this toy. Uh. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe not. I mean, they may drop some extra loot the first time, but they maybe always have a chance to drop that toy in the loot table. Yeah. So. Right, right, right. That is also a possibility, too. We I don't know yet. I haven't seen full details. I'm just saying I hope they prevent uh, getting screwed out of a vanity item permanently. I mentioned in passing the freckle. I saw a really good subtle joke in the alpha. I'm assuming it's going to stay into the live game because it's not like it's not one of those rude jokes that is clearly like, no, they can't actually sell that. They'll get in trouble. It's it's just it's more of an inside joke that not a lot of people are going to get. What's that? Uh, okay, so Gazlo is the goblin that helps you build your garrison. Uh, I think he's actually uh, canonically the leader of Ratchet. It doesn't matter. He's the goblin, and he helps you build stuff. Uh, what you could do is during the initial welcome to your garrison quests, uh, when let me introduce you to how you do your garrison. One of the quests sends you over to the leader of your forces, where you assign your forces to go on quests of, of their own. Okay. Got it. Uh, the person who does this for you is High Overlord Varrock Sorfang. And I was like, whoa, why the hell did they send Sorfang to help me? But regardless, it's kind of awesome because Sorfang's awesome. Anyway, the joke was something the effect of, yeah, Sorfang's going to be, uh, was assigned to you to be in charge of your uh, troop distribution. Uh, I hear that guy was able to by himself take down small alliance armies of about 40 or so people <laughs> and i saw that line i was like oh my god yes <laughs> <laughs> he's in other words raid wipe freck yes raid, raid wipes 40 man raid Ooh. wipes that were coming to orgrimmar to kill thrall yeah. because sorfang was a harder boss than thrall uh freckle do you know what made sorfang harder what every time you had a critical hit on sorfang uh you would uh, he would do an emote, High Overlord Sorfang's eyes glow red. And then he would char- He would do a charge to you. Actually, I think it was actually, the spell was actually intercept. He would intercept you and hit you for what was normally about the max health of any non-tank character. Ouch. So he would just basically auto one-shot you if you crit him at all ever. That's kind of scary. Yes. Yeah. So he would just wipe raids because everybody would go in, they would attack him, you start attacking him, and oh no, one of my auto attacks crit. High Overlord Sarfang's eyes glow red. Kabam, you die. (laughs) So let me get your opinion on, uh, since you mentioned garrisons, how do you feel that little quest line went when you open up the portal back to Orgrimmar and your forces start coming, or your troops rather, start coming through to help you build your garrison? Um, you know, outside of the 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 nice little nod to Warcraft three, uh, how do you feel? Do you think that do you think that was too fast? Do you think it was timely enough? Do you think it, you know they should have done more stuff before that happened? What do you think about that, that whole area? Uh, I think there's a missing cutscene. It was way too fast. It went. Uh, uh, you you do quest to get some basic resources. You come back and then it the screen went black for a moment and then poof you have a whole garrison. And right, that was way too fast. I think there needs to be like some sort of short cutscene where they show a time lapse of it being built, which I think would be cool and would be enough. But just going poof, you have a garrison is too fast for me. Do you think there should be more quests or additional content? Do you think we'll have more content before alpha and that, or before uh, release rather in that general area, or do you think that just a cutscene will do it? I think the cut, just a cutscene would do it. Too much content before you even get the payoff 
would get incredibly tedious. True. All right, I'll give like, you that. You're just gathering resources, gathering resources, and getting nothing out of it. Work like, complete. Yeah, yeah. When you actually had your garrison, you started building buildings, and you built buildings one at a time. Now, that kind of thing where they had a quest per building, because you could see the payoff every time, it felt okay to me. It's when you would do quests over and over and see no payoff that it feels bad. Right. I got you there. Like, maybe if the building of the garrison, they went like, gather the wood for the walls, you turn in that quest, and there's like an incredibly short cutscene of the building of the walls. Now go gather stone for buildings, and then a couple buildings are built. But the garrison isn't complete in any capacity. That would be acceptable to me, too, because then you feel like you're achieving stuff. Right. Now, I kind of had a, a thing that what I was expecting was more along the lines of what we did in this expansion in the Barrens. When we're going around and collecting all the all the wood and the oil and all that stone, I was kind of expecting something a little more like that, not just poof. Here's your garrison. Yeah, but honestly, first off, that was a weekly quest that you didn't do all at once. Uh, second off, that weekly quest got very tedious and not fun. So I would not enjoy that. Not like that, personally. What if it was a single one, you know, one-time quest? Go gather those resources and you know help us out to get started here. I think that would be at least make you feel more part of. I've got to do something to make this happen. That would be kind of cool. It's leveling content, and that would go against what uh, Blizzard seems to be doing with leveling content these days. I.e., having really long, annoying quests for leveling. Yeah, right. uh, but I could see it working. I'm just saying it. Again, it's too long without a payoff. For true, a true, true, true. Well, we'll that see would, once uh, once release hits. We'll see exactly what happens. Exactly. I completely agree. Uh, let's see. Oh, I also did a dungeon. I didn't even get to complete it because my game crashed before the final boss and I got booted. That's sad. Which was whatever. But I got to do most of the dungeon. Uh, it was uh, interesting seeing the numbers so much lower. Yeah. Oh, the item squish? Yeah. What was your deeps? I don't know. I wasn't running recount. Oh yeah. I don't know it if any of that doesn't. No add-ons work in the, oh, in the, I, yeah, the alpha I there. I don't think they've been giving the development tools to make an add-on work. No. Yet. Okay. What was the health of the final boss? Uh, I don't even remember. In the hundreds of thousands. That's not that bad. Yeah, right not now even, they're in the they're in the millions right now. Yeah, yeah, for Ooh. low ones. Yeah, yeah, low yeah, for the low ones. I'm talking like a level 90 leveling boss just showing up was in the hundreds of thousands. Oh, okay. Like like two to three hundred is what I mean. No, that's what the, like, level 86, that's how much they are right now. This is the one time in the entire franchise history of WoW that me not paying attention to numbers is going to pay off. <laughs> it's not going to bother me at all that someone's <laughs> gone down from like five million health to like a hundred thousand, be like, whatever. <laughs> How far does the red bar go down? <laughs> that actually isn't going to bother me either. I, the numbers were just—it's all about relativity. It's how much of how big how big of a chunk of his health bar do I take out in a single hit? There you go. That's what I look at. I mean, the numbers were useful when comparing to other players, but when uh, ultimately against content was how fast could you deplete his health bar? That's what mattered ultimately. I like the art of the garrison. Like I was really afraid it was going to look boring, orky, and I'm 
really sick of the orc look, especially since I don't play an orc. Right. It looks okay. I still don't like that it's orc. I was really, really annoyed that you couldn't make it look like your race. I still don't like that. But for what it's trying to look like, it does it very well, I think. Yeah, I think if you look at um, thematically in that area that they've got to keep it orcish looking. Uh, because like if you went into New Area, which we've just gone into New Area, and you are an undead, and you start building undead stuff, you're gonna you know you're gonna turn a lot of heads in not the right way. But if what are you, you keep... talking about these guys have never met undead before, they have no idea what this architecture means. And that's exactly what I mean. The, the people are like, well, what is this? What you know? Oh, oh, it's not that they go, oh, my, OMG, this architecture means evil people. You're saying, OMG, this architecture means something that's Something alien. different, yeah, something that's alien to us. In other words, you don't want to draw that much attention. So if you keep your garrison in the same you know, style of build that everybody else has, then you're less likely to draw any kind of unwanted attention to your area. Right. I mean, the Iron Horde is going to know what you are no matter what, but everything else right. probably won't. And so you'll just look like... Oh, that looks like a vaguely new orc clan. Orc clans arise from time to time. Oh well. Yep, they're up to they're up to their normal shenanigans. We'll just leave them alone. Let them do their thing. Right. Or attack them, thinking they're a normal orc clan and not a technologically more advanced war force. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So yeah. there are some tactical advantages to looking like everybody else. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. And again, what they were trying for, it does look very good. One of the things I really liked. Um, I forget his name. It's one of the plot orcs. I forget his name. He's blind. Uh, he stands in your garrison in his communion with the elements. He's a farseer. And what's cool is when I first saw him, he was like channeling this earth or earth graphic animation around him. I was like, oh, okay. I come back later and it's now like water. And I was like, wait, I thought you were channeling earth. I didn't realize that they put detailed animations in him to casting uh, all four elements. Oh, nice. Like, Ooh, cool. They're very detailed and rather pretty looking. And they did all four elements. I thought they would just do one element and make it look really good and he'll just stand there and channel it. No, he, he alternates what element he's channeling against. That's kind of cool because there are a lot of times I've seen people channel stuff and just like, really? You're still doing that after all these years? <laughs> like, yeah. You, you go back anywhere in the Burning Crusade, right? You go towards uh, Tempest Keep and there's these dudes outside channeling some kind of funky stuff and you're like, really? Still? Yeah. <laughs> He at least alternates so he's, you know, like talking to different elements or whatever, which I thought was cool. Oh, oh, um, another reason you're encouraged to kill rares. Uh, all rares drop garrison resources as far as I can tell. Very cool. Garrison resources are considered a currency. So they don't clutter your inventory. Even better. I think they've done a real good job with that, getting stuff out of your bags. Yes, they've done it over time, but they, they always are moving forward with that, which I really like. Like, what was the first thing that got out of our bags? Like, currencies and mounts and pets with right. BC? No, no, that no. was Wrath, 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 Wrath. It was Wrath when the mounts went into the mount system. Uh, and pets went into a pet system where you learned them. And I was like, that was good to get out of in inventory. While I miss the key bag, I understand why they got rid of it just for uh, inventory reasons. I... I like the thematics of carrying around the keys and earning keys. That that was me. But I understand from inventory management issues why they did it. Yeah, but see, back then it was really cool if you had the key to care or whatever it was, and people were all excited that you had the key. 
Exactly. You can come help him out. He's got the key. He can help. Let's go. You're in, yes. you're in our group. Yeah. Let's go. That is what I miss. But regardless, it did help with the inventory. I still want them to do the taverns. Oh, my dogs. Uh, now with the toy box, which is amazing. And you actually, <laughs> you know, your bank now has an entire extra tab, right? Your no. base bank. Yes. Uh, it stores crafting materials only. And most crafting materials now stack up to 200. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah, they've taken a lot of stuff from like uh, a lot of other add-ons, again, as they normally do. I mean, Bank Stack is one of the ones that they, they, they grabbed and they kind of have their own ver- internal version of Bank Stack in there where it sorts stuff automatically for you. Yes. You, there's little gear icons on your bags now, and you can tell your bag to put this in here. Um, you can have a bag of junk. You can have a bag of gear. You have a bag of, it, of quest items. That way, if you get a new quest item, you don't have to go searching through your bag looking for it. Yeah, it's always going to be in that one bag. Exactly. Which I thought was a definite upgrade. I like it. And yeah, Blizzard does that. And honestly, that's what Blizzard does best in a lot of ways is they don't come up with completely new innovation. They just take other people's ideas and do it simpler, cleaner, more effective. Right. As a general rule. They embrace and they extend and then they extinguish. <laughs> I love how that got menacing at the end. <laughs> I didn't expect that from what you were saying, but yes, you're correct. Yeah, that was uh, that was actually a, a Microsoft internal uh, memo of how they should deal with uh, with competitors and other people. Interesting. Come, yeah. Which, and from a software side, seems to make a whole ton of sense to me. Well, that's what World of Warcraft is now, isn't it? I know. I know. It's like, hey, you do something good. Let's do it better than you. Yeah. We love what you're doing. Can you show us some of that code? Oh, this is so good. What if we just did this little tweak here? And then, oh, by the way, we're incorporating into our game. We no longer need your add-on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I didn't go back to get squished by uh, older content because I, I, I kind of want to do that for funnies. Yeah, I've heard they haven't tweaked any of the older content, so it still has pre-item but- squish. Uh, all the older content, enemy health is squished. Enemy melee damage is squished. None of the spells were damaged because they couldn't just put a slider on it like they did the melee damage and health. Yeah, so they you roll back and, and they, they cast a spell and it nukes you. Yeah, it's just a one shot. You just go splat. <laughs> I just want to like walk up to a mob, mob where a dead guy would raffle all over it and then it casts a single spell and I instantly die. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound like fun to me. For a real game, no. For silly lulls, yeah, that kind of thing is fun to me if you do it on purpose for the lulls. Like, it's, for me, it's the same idea as uh, enabling god mode in some games where you're completely overpowered and broken. Right. It's fun to mess around and be silly sometimes. Either silly win super hard or silly lose super hard, just so long as it's silly and fun. Now, for an extended gameplay, it doesn't have, you know, any compelling gameplay because either it's no challenge because it's too easy or there's no challenge because it's impossible. So there's no longevity to it, but it's fun to goof off. True facts. Oh, what's very nice uh, that I like uh, the starting zone, like, sorry, halfway through the starting zone because the current alpha starts you about halfway through. Uh, What's very nice is that was tuned for about eye level 500. My main is about eye level 575. Ooh. So you're just killing it. Well, no, the, the pre-made is eye level 500. So no, the pre-made's oh. not. I'm saying when it goes live and I get to take my main there, dead guy, he's going to raffle all over everything. 
Well, in his current state, yes, but we don't know what that's going to be attuned to in day one. So true, true. That's, that's always the big caveat right now. It's like you think, okay, when I you know when I bring my my tune here, because if you I don't know if you remember what happened in in the alpha for um, a Mr. Pandaria, but stuff in the alpha which I was not in, but I've talked to enough people who were in the alpha. Stuff that was in the alpha on like day ninety nine or whatever, the last day of the alpha, right before they went live. When you went live, there were significant changes to everything. You're playing on an old, different build by the when you're playing the alpha than what oh, actually yeah. went to release. So there was a lot of changes, you know, when they flipped the switch. So one of the biggest things was uh, damage in the area because they need to dumb it. <laughs> I hate to use the term, but they do need to dumb it down in alpha to make sure people get through that content. Oh, no, I completely agree with that. But I still also remember from when I was doing uh, uh, Mop Launch, uh, Jade Forest in my Heroic Dragon Soul gear, I walked all over everything. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And that, I think it's a way of, of Blizzard rewarding people from the previous ex- uh, expansion in yes. how far along they got. It also avoids the problem of random drop greens from the first zone replacing your epic raid oh, gear. People yeah. hate that. We have people. Yeah. I've known people who quit over that. Like I completely understand. Like in vanilla, outside of next Ramus gear, everything else was replaced by greens in the first zone, and even next Ramus gear was replaced by blues from the first zone. And then once you're past the first zone, greens replaced everything. So yeah, that felt, would feel really bad. They actually they are actually intending, from what they said is your gear is supposed to last you most of the way to 100 if you're, like, Siege of Orgrimmar raid-geared, which I think is cool. That's a good thing, yeah, because right now you're at the point where if you're trying to get better gear, it's basically to carry you to the next expansion. Yes. So it's good to know that that wouldn't be wasted if you were trying to get gear right now. And all your hard work goes poof. Exactly. I mean, there is a slight trade-off where you don't get the joy of getting upgrades while questing. But uh, honestly, having all your epic hard work raid gear go poof like that is worse than not getting upgrades. It's the way of embracing the joys of elitism without hurting people. Like, you're not negatively impacting others, and you're just making yourself feel good, which is whatever. That's fine. That's all I have from the alpha right now because I haven't gotten a lot of chance to play it. I'll be able to play it some more tomorrow because it should be up tomorrow. Hopefully, yeah. So okay. overall, so overall, what are your uh, impressions of the Warlords Alpha and the Hot Alpha? The Warlords Alpha is buggies all get out, which is to be expected because it's an alpha. I like the direction of the story and the dynamic world that they're doing. Uh, there's still things I have trepidation of, but it's not because of the alpha. It's because of the stuff they've released. Uh, my interaction with the alpha are basically all positive. I've seen nothing bad. Well, like I said, it's alpha. We got we got ways to go with it, and by the time it hits, uh, you know, market, there'll be tons of changes. Oh my word, yes. Well, hey, man, we want to thank you for stopping by and sharing your insights on the alpha. We look forward to touching base with you again to see how uh, once uh, once you release more and get more characters in there, and hopefully let us do a character transfer. Then uh, we'll get more insights from you. See how you're doing in there. Sound cool? Oh, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Oh, sure. Have a good one. Well, that's about all the time we've got for episode number 224 of HearthCast. We are looking forward to our next contestant for HearthCast AOE. 
We have shifted our recording time a little bit. We moved. We moved. But just our time. To Mondays. So if you are free any given Monday night, we need about 20 minutes of your time. And you can challenge either Freckleface or myself to a fantastic round of AOE. Yep. Still here between about 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern time. Remember, you don't need to be exactly right to win. We are also looking forward to our next Orlando WOW meetup group. Our next meetup is going to be at Firkin and Kegler. Um, It's still on a Friday this month for July, but it's going to be on the 18th rather than the second Friday. But that's over at 630 at Firkin and Kegler in Orlando. As always, we want to thank all of our friends and followers on Facebook and Twitter. You can find us out there. Uh, We love interacting with our friends and followers. Tweet us. We'll tweet you. We tweet you. You tweet us. That's how it works. I post weird pictures every so often. That's how that works. <laughs> <laughs> also, some big thanks going out to Rasputin and Scaresome for being part of episode number 224. You can be just like them by emailing us at podcast at hearthcast.com. We can get your comments on our next show. And as we do close this show, we want to thank each of you for listening. You can be part of next week's show by sending us your questions, comments, or any other feedback. Send an email to podcast at hearthcast.com. You can tweet me at hearthcastfreck or root at hearthcastroot. You can like our Facebook page or even send us a voice message on hearthcast.com using SpeakPipe. No registration or installation required. A big thank you to our friends over to Open Read for everything they do. You can find Hearthcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or just drop our RSS feed into your favorite podcasting app. Until next time, this has been Root. And Freckleface for Hearthcast.com. Broadway Blues with another episode of Aspect of the Daddy, where I talk about technology, toddlers, and Tylenol. Today I've got another free-to-play app available on iOS and Android. This app is called Record Run. Basically, it's kind of one of those endless runners, kind of in the same vein as Temple Run, but what makes this game unique is the music. Record Run is produced by Harmonix, which makes uh, such games as Dance Central and Rock Band. So they're really into the music. And the thing with this game is you can earn credits to actually use music that you own in the game itself. Basically, you start um, as a guy, and he got uh, (laughs) his whole stack of records got uh, hit by a car, and you're running down the street to get your records back. You're going to swipe left, right, up and down to move out of the way of the things on the sidewalk, basically obstacles. Uh, Where in Temple Run, you're dodging fire and rocks. On this one, you're dancing, uh, dancing people on the sidewalk and trash, stuff like that. It's really fun. Uh, Caleb and I have a great time playing it. And like I said, you can uh, import your own music into the game once you have enough credits. And 
And uh, the neat thing about this game is that you really don't have to spend any money on it at all. Um, we haven't spent a penny on it. So record run for iOS and Android, free to play, made by Harmonix. If you like music, go ahead and give it a try. If you uh, like the segment, please send me an email, john at aspectofthedaddy.com. Find me on Twitter at Broadway Blues and on the web at aspectofthedaddy.com. Thanks, guys.